Podcast Network. Out the door. Don't let anyone in. I'll be back as soon as I can. Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 114 for the week of <laughs> April 25th, 2016. I am dickless boy pickpocket David T. Cole. I'm here with <laughs> terrible Valerian Sarah D. Bunting. I want to eat your baby. Unexpected spear Joe Reed. Ow, my skull. <laughs> Naked fornicator Tara Ariano. Oh, shame yourself. Poisoned Lannister Jeff Drake. What's a guy have to do to get some mutton around here? And... Pigeon Pie Connoisseur, Nick <laughs> Rimewell-Jones. Mmm, tastes like sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome, everybody. If you were thinking that sounds like way too many people in the intro, you are wrong. We have the exact right number of people here to uh, tackle the giant topic that is Game of Thrones, which came back uh, last night as we were recording this. Uh, we have on hand to discuss all of this, both Nick Rimewell-Jones and Jeff Drake. Welcome back, you guys. Yeah! Thanks, guys. That is exactly the amount of enthusiasm that you guys deserve. So this is good. Oh, that's sweet. Yes. (laughs) And now that we are officially no longer beholden to the snooty book readers of the world, um, do we feel like this is a little bit of a lease on life for Game of Thrones? Does it feel a little bit looser, a little bit more like anything could happen, a little bit more like we're free to maybe put some characters together who were frustratingly isolated for so long because that's sort of how i feel like after are you are you talking about Jon snow's corpse and stannis's corpse (laughs) (laughs) together forever as they always were meant to be yes first of all i would like to say suck it poindexters (laughs) go read go go read a menu Um, (laughs) no i i i enjoy reading things out of the menus as well (laughs) Various sugar packets and whatnot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Does uh, like the yogurts that have kids' jokes on them? I, love <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know if I feel like. I mean, having never read the books and not really like, not really caring if I read them or not. Like, uh, I, you know, I don't know that I've ever like concern myself with what oh are they going to stay close to the book or whatever so i'm just kind of hoping that um i feel like last season took kind of like three episodes or so to like lay the groundwork and then finally stuff started like the dominoes started falling i'm just kind of hoping it sort of feels that same way to me this year and i'm just hoping it doesn't take quite as long Yeah, I feel like what I was mostly referring to, I think, in that intro was the fact that, like, finally uh, Sansa and Brienne are have, like, met and sort of got to the place that we figured they were going a year and a half ago. So that in particular felt to me like the TV writers were just like, all right, George, have a seat. We're going to actually get the hell where you were headed. So that, to me, at least felt like forward motion. And the Dorn stuff, too, where the Dorn stuff felt like y'all last year it sucked and we get it so we're just gonna like off the boring ones and you know try our luck with the violent women which at least is interesting so that was a pretty fun moment in my living room we do not watch the show except when we're talking about it on this here podcast (laughs) so like we're 
We're at, the, <laughs> I guess, the Dorn. I don't. That we're always like, it's that guy with the hair and like more grease and less grease, or like how we call it characters. That's so, that's the whole show, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we get to, and I'm like, oh, it's that guy, Alexander Siddig. Siddig. I guess yeah. the actor's name is, and I always enjoy seeing him. And like, literally, I was like, oh, it's him. And then he's it was killed. him. <laughs> My husband's like, yeah. oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the experience. I can expect with watching the more, show, more or less. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm just waiting for them to like, I, I feel like they're not following, um, Chekhov's rule about, um, about <laughs> a, showing a dragon in the first act. <laughs> and then by the third act, that dragon needs to be like, need, you need to use the dragon. It may not have been dragons when Chekhov wrote about it. Um, I may, but, but I mean, I just feel like it was, it was, it was werewolves. I just, I just feel like the, the, the Danny character is just like, and even like last season, it was just like, Oh good. She's doing more governing. That's exactly <laughs> right. what I want to see. And now, now it's like, Oh great. So now she's going to sit in a house with a bunch of sad ladies. Well, this seems like worth my time to watch, like that storyline. You know? Joy Luck and so... all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Only with less joy. Um, yeah, it's less so luck. Like, yeah, I was going to say. And it's not a yeah. club, it's more of an association. But other than that, it's the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, I just kind of feel like uh, I. You know, just sort of thinking back, I, like I enjoyed the episode and everything, and I was like thrilled to have the show back on because I I look forward to it so much. But like, it just feels like there's just a couple of storylines that really need like the Brienne thing is great. Like I couldn't love that character more, and finally to have her and Sansa like together, and then to have Theon like sort of like oh seems like he's going to be kind of an active character too. That's great as well. And they didn't kill Podrick, and so that's that's great for that group. And then something interesting is going to happen at Castle Black, and I just, I just want him to like, you know, to me like the Dorn thing was kind of interesting, but like, kind of like, well, who cares about Dorn unless they actually attack like King's Landing, and then it's it's the Martells versus the Lannisters, yeah, exactly. You know, like until they activate that, it's like I don't care how many people in Dorn you kill amongst yourselves, like. Right, you know, it's yeah, you know, so it doesn't really work as a self-contained storyline. Yeah, so so I I can speak somewhat as a book reader because between last season and this season, I was like, (laughs) yeah. And so I, um, but I was, I, I was like, like once, this bookie once, book. there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like when last season ended, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read all the books before the next season starts. And so I, I did that and was like watching the show, rewatching the show at the same time. I only got through the first three books because, as everyone who has ever read the books will tell you, book four is the most fucking boring book ever written. <laughs> oh, no. They've barely used any of it on the show for good reason because most of it is just like people sitting around talking and Brienne literally going door to door asking people if they know where Sansa is. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus. But, uh, Poor stretch. But I, but I will say that, like, in, re- in, in reading at least those first three books and rewatching the show, I, I definitely got. A f- started to get a feel for like when they were going off of the books and when they were just kind of like flying by the seat of their pants. And 
this or no pants. this first this first episode definitely had a lot of seat of pants feel, especially with like Tyrion and Varys just kind of like walking around vamping. <laughs> like, do we have a script here? I don't know. Like, what are we supposed to be doing? And uh, and I feel like there's a lot more like meta humor about the world than there used to be because it's kind of like the. Yeah. The writers taking more ownership of it, which it could be a good thing, but I don't know. Sometimes it, it rang a little bit weird to me. But um, I tend but to, to like scenes like that just because I like a character like Varys so much, and it feels like there's not enough actual like story. Like he's not a big enough presence in the story in the main story yet. So yeah, more of him just sort of like apologizing for Tyrion's bad Valyrian. Like that's fine. Can we? Yeah, I mean, but, I, can we talk oh, about old old reptile skin though for a second? Sure. Oh, yeah, we sort of buried the crone a little bit because that our, was uh... that was like I mean, again, no idea what's going on. <laughs> so stuff like that is useful to someone like me and Dan, who is like half watch, never watches the show, is half watching it and also like looking at whatever puppy videos on his computer uh-huh. and it's like wait so that guy is a skin condition i'm like i think that's what we're supposed to oh yeah he's slowly turning into a stone monster but is it is yeah. it always like for regular watchers of the show that seemed like that would be really annoying that it was like draw a back sleeve stare at it real hard that dude who <laughs> fucked connie what's her face oh, he's, on he's that a couple like times doesn't times seem to notice show. anything <laughs> yeah, yeah it's they that's sort of the periodic check-in on uh on his arm and on his grayscale and just like, well, it's progressing way yeah. too much for anyone's comfort, but yeah, he'll be a stone monster soon. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, is too bad, really. Bad? Yeah, yeah, because then you just, bad things happen. They have to send you away to an island. He'll be Dear mother, doing well <laughs> in here out, out long <laughs> One thing, slowly turning into stone monsters, your loving son, <laughs> sir, whatever. <laughs> That's what happened to Carrie. Yeah. Please see him the enclosed monster. lanyard. Do not touch lanyard. <laughs> mm, fruity taste, some stone monsters. <laughs> uh, we oh have boy. Game of stones. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Game of crones, too, though, as I brought up, though. Sorry, yes, Dave. No, I wanted to talk about Melisandre being an old-ass creepy yeah. witch lady, but yes. Yeah. That was, that was very Shining-inspired, I felt. Oh, really? In what way? In the oh, you've the old always lady been here shining. kind of way? No, the the like beautiful woman that then oh, is all of a sudden like right. a hideous. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes. I assume that is ultimately from either from one of the books or from one of the books that hasn't been written yet, because that seems like that would be like a pretty big leap for them to make that was non-canonical. Yeah, from what I've heard from book readers, they've said that it's been alluded to that she's older than she presents and that she someone got some quote from something that said she's 100 years old and or at least 100 years old but i don't think oh, they've yeah, gotten to the, to the point in the book where they like had the scene that we saw last night so i'm assuming that's in an upcoming book right but she's let's let's be honest guys she's still got it <laughs> i mean she's well that was what it. that look into that mirror was basically communicating yeah. was just like she's like oh ow <laughs> girl get it girl yes crone <laughs> i just like the idea that just like that's how she goes to bed every night and this is the first time we've been like yeah it's, it's just it. like putting just her like, retainer in or whatever <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. Take your no see her. She's got the big bear bear blanket over her. Like it's fine. Yeah. Knock before you enter is basically Melisandre's rule, and it's like yeah. that for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. 
But so. now I feel like her character used to piss me off so much, partially for reasons that were probably good in that she was probably supposed to be, at the very least, like, you know, irksome to somebody like Sir Davos or like, you know, she birthed the shadow baby that killed poor yeah. Renly. But like, yeah. now I feel like now that her like faith has been shaken in a way. Yeah, it's a lot. It's. Just like it's the, sort of like describing soap opera plot lines to people who don't watch a soap opera. Yeah. And they're yeah. just like, wow, yeah. wow. Okay, twins, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. A brain and transplant. Yeah. yeah. But now that her faith has been shaken because of everything that's happened with Stannis, like, and that she's somewhat, like, I don't know, like, she's regretful in a way that, like, oh, wow, I burned that poor little girl for no reason. And you didn't really think that she had capacity for things like self-reflection before and like that all of a sudden now she seems like a person and this seemed like the right time then to sort of like show her at her like absolutely most human and then if we can go from that to like resurrecting Jon Snow maybe next week that would also be well they have to do that so that you know that seems like a good idea to bring back the character everybody loves right you can yeah. certainly understand why she's showing off her boobs all the time because she's like, "Hey, I'm a hundred years old. Come on, this is pretty good, right?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just glad exactly. they didn't cast Betty White for that part because you. Know, <laughs> as as per usual, it's uh, like Beetlejuice. I mean, I... Now you're gonna have summoned it. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just uh, I I think what is I just kind of figured it out as we were talking. Like I. I just feel like there's a little bit of a lack of like, what exactly do these characters want right now? Like, what yeah. is like, what does Danny want? Like, she doesn't. She just like right now, it just seems like, I, well, I don't want to go to Crone House, like, and <laughs> and be part of the real world Crone Village or whatever, you know. And uh, you know, it's just like any of any of the these characters. It's like Sir Davos is like, well, I I don't want to die at you know here at Castle Black and then Alistair who's like yeah. killed Jon Snow it's like well what's his end game oh just the status quo like it it seems like it seems like something needs to threaten the well, status quo more. that's kind of what it's saying like it does seem like some of the plot lines are like a little bit vamping and kind of like waiting for like okay are we going to figure out something better to do here then although t- to be fair if Danny goes to uh, to the to the Dosh Kaleen I hear they have a pretty good in-house R&B band called Crony 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 <laughs> Okay, but like speaking, like, <laughs> you think about it, though, why are you just trying like, to blow past that joke? Come on now. It's pretty good. That it's a pretty good joke. I don't want to linger on it because the more you think about it, the more than it just like will bum you out. Proceed. But like, the Kals can't die that old, right? Like, they all, like, they're, you know, war, war having oh, yeah, people. That guy, that that, so, like, yeah. so it'll end up being a little bit more like, the real housewives of Vias Dothrak, right? So, like, well, if it's that situation, I might watch an episode or two of just that, especially right. if they change up the opening credits in a way that reflects <laughs> Real Housewives style openings. <laughs> just think about it. Well, at first I thought that they weren't oh. really going to let Danny get all the way there, but now that I think of it, like, maybe they'll have a plot line where she, like, you know, incites a rebellion among the crones and then they all, like, come back to take over like the Dothraki or Marine or whatever. Just yeah. really mad that somebody did crone attack. <laughs> so long as crone nobody ruins her white party by bringing up something at the exact wrong time. Crone is there. Crone. Question about that whole scene. And I have a bad memory. So I don't remember what happened at the end of last 
season if they she was actually she just met the horde at the end of last season that was it right correct okay so at what point did she think you know what i'm not gonna say who i am until i'm really far away from where i want to (laughs) be and minutes from being raped (laughs) yeah Yeah. right yeah and then she's like ah it just all came out It was just... I, too, like to live dangerously, says Daenerys. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, a, a a little unbelievable. Like, you know what? Well, Before the... you take me away, uh, I yeah. am, like, a former, like, bigwig in your community. So if you don't mind, just leave me here. Uh, I got a <laughs> right. city to rule. Well, and also, yeah, I mean... if she just sort of, like, wasted a little time with them on the hill there, maybe her, like, giant shitty dragon could come back and defend her instead of just like piecing out the way it always does and who's thinking like about dragons do every seat every season sheep melted bones everywhere <laughs> what's happening to the sheep economy in this area <laughs> yeah well well they did have that scene a little bit last year where it was just like daenerys you got to do something about your fucking dragon because we're not going to have any sheep at the end of the season yeah, or children, but mostly sheep. Yeah, <laughs> right. Listen, children aren't bringing in any money. The sheep are at no. least no. paying for yeah. this marine economy. Joe, Joe has a very good point there. <laughs> Joe you. has a very good anti-child point. <laughs> um, all right, what about blind girl? I have all the very good anti-child points. <laughs> what about little blind girl? These are the character eh, names. I, uh, I, I well, as I alluded to in my in my particle, I think there's a solid chance that it's just going to turn out to be another one of her trials, and she's going to get her eyes back. Oh, but, sure. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. she's yeah. going to get her sight back at some point. But I just don't like. I don't care about Arya. Fuck Arya. What? What? Yeah, Joe. I don't like Arya. Hey, Arya so- sucks. <gasps> oh, Joe. Boy. I'm sorry. We'll have to have this discussion offline. This so. message was not endorsed by me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I you love, can have it I now. Love, I don't uh, like her either, but I don't watch the show, so what do uh, I know? No, everybody who read the books really loves her. I'm a Sansa person. Sansa forever. <laughs> Sansa over Arya. You don't have to choose. Team Wade. Yeah, both it's a TV start. show. You get to watch it all. They're, they're sisters. Start. You have to prefer one over the other. Tara <laughs> has a sister. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday to my sister, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Tara definitely knows as the second favorite Ariana <laughs> that it, all of it is just sort of like right now it's just kind of like the the setting things up stage and and um you know I I mean I was glad that the, like the killing continued yeah, <laughs> you know, really the first episode. it was a very efficient episode death wise yeah I mean so so and I you know I like that you know we get to see that like oh Brienne like I the thing I liked about back to Brienne is like like the fight that she had, like it's not like oh she's like, it's not like she's just an unstoppable killing machine. It looked hard, you know, oh, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like she kept getting knocked down and kicked in the face and stuff. But it was just like, it. That's one of the things I like about the show is like they don't make it look easy to fight people in armor. Like, yeah. like that right. you're you're fighting, you're wearing all this armor. Like those swords have tiring. some weight to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm just hoping, you know, I'm just hope. I know that there's going to be a lot of crazy shit that goes down. It always happens. Like, I'm just hoping, you know, that, like, all I could think last night is, like, um, so, like, this is, this is an example of an episode from the season that the writers themselves think have, has no, like, slow or down episodes. You know, they think that this is, like, the best season yet. So, hopefully... Like it's hopefully it ramp takes less time to ramp up because they have a lot of great characters that last night just weren't being used as as well as they could. Like Tyrion and and Varys are so great together, but like, yeah. who cares about Marine anymore? Good lord! Yeah, <laughs> get us out of there. 
well, it did seem like we saw the last of it because it was busy being on fire and all. So, yeah. but do we know? Yeah. Do we know if they have to send like a dire wolf to Martin's house to be like, is it okay if we diverge in this way, or you know, what is happening at this point with blah blah blah? Like, they've been fairly vague about it. They've said sort of that they have a sense of where he's going, but there is no obligation on their part to even like do what he tells them to do at this point. Right. So. Well, I mean, he had. He his had chance. his chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've already been diverging for like the last few seasons, like starting in minor ways and then getting to major ways. So like, it's not like, like, even if they were going to try to follow the the next book, there would be a lot of things they just can't use because of what they've already like painted themselves into. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, next week, little boy who can't walk rejoins the the game. Tara's favorite character name from the very beginning of the show, <laughs> Bran Stark. Bran. Could yeah. not. There was a never ending, never ending stream of like, Bran? <laughs> Bran! <laughs> well, he, flake, he flaked out on all last yeah. season, so he can be back. Well, it's nice that they're uh, raising the profile of this character. <laughs> I'm disgusted by all of us. Please visit previously.tv to see For the hot come... two scoops on Game of Thrones. <laughs> From both Jeff Drake and Nick Rodwell Jones every week this season. Follow all the plot movements. All right. Um, I just want to remind everybody that you can buy an ad on this very program. And a gentle reminder now that the subjects come up that raisins are the official fruit of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Until yes. we're told oh otherwise, Please, through, someone. An ad, through it and ad. Um, you can buy an ad if you go to previously.tv slash ads. 50 bucks for a personal ad, $100 for a business ad. We can write it for you, we can do the work, or you can send us something. It's your choice. Talk to me, we'll figure it out. All right, it is time to go around the dial, and our first stop, Tara Ariana. Uh, I just wanted to say a brief thing about the end of uh, season two of Better Call Saul, which was last week. It was so good. <laughs> um, I was so scared when this show started last season that it wasn't going to be good. I loved Breaking Bad so much, um, and so I thought uh, there's so much danger for a spinoff to be not great. Um, and I thought this season was just as good as season one. A huge amount of development in Kim's character in particular, and I love the way uh, the show developed her relationship with Jimmy and how it sort of it, it yawed back and forth. Who was, well, I mean, he was always into it, but you know, how much she was into it and how, the things that he did to protect her and to advance her career and how they supported each other and, you know, ending sort of the way season one did, which is with, you know, Chuck being a giant scumbag was uh, also felt very true and very devastating. And the way that they shot that final scene was, uh, indelible i was i'm still thinking about it a week later so um better call saul you heard it here first good show <laughs> <laughs> that show is so deliberate with those kind of scenes like it, the 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 flip you know like the um uh the flashy lawyer dress up montage from a couple of weeks ago yeah where they just took like three or four minutes out of a show like a good 10 percent of the show to set that up mm -hmm. and they just when they take their time with those and they uh do uh, uh storytelling without dialogue it's amazing like the show is so good at it 
Yeah, I remember reading something around the time of Breaking Bad that, that like it was sort of a point of pride for the writers to like try and get a scene across with as little dialogue as yeah. possible. And that's still true. I mean, more so in the Mike's storyline, obviously, which was really took a backseat this season. But um, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, unless you count sighing as dialogue. In which case. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does speak volumes with his size for sure. He's uh, he, yeah. was, he, he was interesting, too. But like that, there was not very much of it past the first couple of episodes. They're really slow playing that storyline for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it was another amazing season, and um, season three can't come soon enough, especially if the rumors are true that as the uh, first letter of every episode of season two spells out, Fring's back. It's not confirmed that he will be oh. in season three, but boy, I'm really hopeful. They, th- it came up apparently in Talking Saul, which I don't watch because I'm fucking normal, but um, apparently <laughs> they said he has not signed, Giancarlo Esposito has not signed for season three yet, so I hope it's not like an end of the X-Files thing where it's like, Fox Mulder was just here. We went to the dry cleaner. <laughs> um, so if he actually is back, I hope he's back, but you know. It would be a like- shame if he was just on the fringes. Oh, the show. yeah. Oh, no. Uh, no. no. Go sit in the yard. Yeah, take that back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgiveness, please. <laughs> For my plug, I would like to direct you to the, again with this podcast, Beverly Hills 90210 edition. We are now into season four, the final Brenda year. The stakes have never been higher. That's not true. The stakes have never been college year. Uh, we're also, therefore, quickly coming to the end of our excerpts from the I Hate Brenda book, Shannon Doherty Exposed, and you don't want to miss those. So, uh, please subscribe and i think at our listen. latest episode didn't brandon just solve rape culture he sure issues? did yeah sure so, did ah brandon next up jeff drake hello um <laughs> hi do, do you guys hi, hi. I'm, I'm i'm slow playing the beginning do you know of this thing called netflix where you can watch tv shows on it um, because I have this weird friend who I said, I said, hey, do you watch this show and this show and this show? And he said, no, I've never heard of them. I said, they're on Netflix. He was like, we don't watch anything on Netflix. So I was like, you're a monster. Um, because if you look, you have to have Netflix. And if you have Netflix, you have to watch Happy Valley, especially season two is just not too long ago um, came out. And you should watch the whole thing. There's only six episodes per um, per series, and it's this amazing show. First of all, it's not really happy in this valley at all. Let me warn what? you. <laughs> but it is a valley. It, it is a valley. Okay, it's more of a it's, plateau. An it emotional is, valley. It is. It is a very. I think the second season isn't nearly as bleak as the first, but the first season is definitely bleak. Second season is still great. It's about um, this this uh, uh, police uh, this uh, police. Uh, what is she? A sergeant? I forget what Constable. she is. Detective uh, inspector. Kaywood. Detective inspector. That's right. Catherine Kaywood um, in basically kind of a small town in uh, in rural England and. Um, it's just, I mean, really, honestly, the, the, the less you know about it, the better. Uh, if you if you haven't seen series one, definitely watch that first because it's amazing, and then um, and then and then proceed on to series two, which is just every bit as good um, in in a lot of different ways. It's it's this amazing. I feel like um, you know because they're kind of doing this with the night manager is only like six episodes, right? Am I right about that on Correct. AMC? <clears throat> Yeah, and I, I feel like 
I feel like when I was growing up, like there was like there were always like mini series, like every summer, like you know, Roots or Rich Man Poor Man or stuff like this. And I feel like now it's just like they're not really called mini series anymore. <laughs> like British TV just automatically does like smaller orders of it, and the just sort of like the com- the compactness of that season is just so cool and amazing and um the cast is just ridiculously good especially uh sarah lancashire who plays um the main character she's just one of the most amazing characters um uh you know like just like there's no way you would ever recreate this character on american television because she would be first of all they would never cast somebody who was even remotely right for it it would be like Kim Raver or something, you know? Oh, no. Like, well, yeah, you this know, is and, like um, when they tried to do, uh, what's it called? Miss Mar- Prime Suspect. Prime Suspect. Oh, yeah, oh right. Exactly. Which actually was better than it was given credit for, but that was a classic example of like, here's Maria Bello who looks like an actress. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, and, and this is very, this is very much um, cut from the same cloth as the British version of prime suspect where it's just like the, the character is so interesting and conflicted and like really faces some really interesting moral choices because of, because of like things that have happened in her life. It's a really, really great show. Like I can't recommend it enough. Although you are in for some bleak viewing at times. (laughs) So, but Happy Valley on Netflix, especially Series 2. And, uh, Jeff, you are uh, continuing Blacky and Bitey. <laughs> yes? Yes, I am indeed, yeah. So they are I, the crows from Game of Thrones, and uh, each yes. week they discuss all the houses of Westeros and their standing uh, from the viewpoint of ravens. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. It's important work, and we thank you Agreed. for it. It is. It is. It's the Lord's work. Nick Rydwell Jones. Okay, so uh, I have watched the first couple episodes of the new uh, Fox slash British co-production quote-unquote miniseries, uh, Houdini and Doyle. And but I, I was, uh, you know, Tara let me know that this was available, and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. And uh, it's, it's got Stephen Mangan from Episodes playing uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, and Michael Weston, who was the guy that uh, Zach Braff used to put in everything because he was his buddy, uh, plays Houdini. And deal breaker, that guy. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> deal breaker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, it, it seemed like the kind of show that could be pretty interesting. Like, it's 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 the two of them being buddies and solving mysteries, one hug at a time. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But the execution is definitely like as like flat and generic of a Fox procedural as you've ever seen in your life. Um, you could just put two random names in front of these guys and it would be exactly the same. I mean, Houdini gets to pick locks sometimes, which is basically like his only character trait. But how? <laughs> Doyle, Arthur Conan Doyle is like the, the least interesting like procedural character I've seen in a while because like, all, you know, the, the thing that's interesting about him is he created Sherlock Holmes and we pick him up at the time where he's like, oh, I regret that I ever created Sherlock Holmes. I just hate life. My wife's in a coma, blah, blah, blah. But also for some reason, he really wants to prove the existence of the supernatural. So it's, it's, it's like the X-Files, except the believer is the sourpuss. Um, <laughs> that was but, actually uh, true of him in life though, which is like, I don't know why you would, I don't know why you would, 
base like a procedural around that character beat of this actual person which is actually kind of yeah. pathetic and it's like the last seasons of the x-files like please just forget these ever existed mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh it, it you know and 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 they're calling it a miniseries but like it is not a miniseries the way that any of us would rationally refer to a miniseries because like I've watched the first two episodes and like the first episode sets up the premise. The second episode is like, okay, let's just do this all again. It is, it is clearly meant to be like a, you know, thousand episode syndication. Under the dome style. We're going to pretend it's a miniseries until we get picked up. It is clearly a, it is a backdoor actual series for sure. And I'm sure they will do like as many episodes as possible. And I'm sure plenty of our in-laws will watch them, but um, yeah, it, it is uh I, I will have a new show fact sheet about it next week but for now just um my my snap judgment of it is uh it is like i said as as good as the most average procedural out there you would like to make it disappear uh-huh. I, <laughs> yes i would um and i will plug once again my podcast making the sausage uh which is a exploration into the world of television and the people who make it um I have uh, an upcoming guest that you might be familiar with, um, who might be sitting across the table from me right now. Oh, he sounds what? terrible. So uh, stay tuned for that. We will not have unfortunately. Your dog, your... kind of amateur yeah. outfit is this? Hey, Charlie does some good work out there. <laughs> um, sure does. But uh, there, there unfortunately is not a new episode this Wednesday when there normally would be one. But I will have one the following Wednesday, and I have several more racked up. So. Um, should be some interesting stuff coming down the pike. And we won't get into it, but let me just say, Nick has a really good excuse why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, jokes. <laughs> uh, so not only Game of Thrones came back last night, but uh, the comedy duo of Veep and Silicon Valley followed close by. So Veep, I still love, of course. Um, the major development on Veep that I do need to mention is they've started uh, allowing some gray to fleck into Dan Egan's hair. And it's doing some stuff. Like, there's just the slight salt and peppering, and I'm not currently seeing a therapist, but I may have to, like, get one to, like, work through everything that I'm going to have to work through now that Danny again is looking, like, somehow hotter. I can't imagine how that was ever possible. Anyway, I'm here to talk about Silicon Valley, which is, like, improbably maybe my favorite show on television, which is insane given how much i thought i would hate the show and i remember i even like watched the first episode and was just like these guys all seem like jerks i'm not gonna like the show stupid tech bros me too but like it's so good it's so funny it made me like guffaw out loud twice before the opening credits like in last night's season premiere it was so good the actors are so incredibly likable and funny and likable at being dicks which is like (laughs) people seem to think that's easier than it is and a lot more people try it than should because (laughs) it is you just end up act like seeming like a dick like nine times out of ten this is the tenth time everybody's really good never like tj miller as much as i like him in this thing like i generally find him like really aggravating but he's so incredibly good thomas middleditch like threads the needle of this character that should be unwatchably pathetic but he's so likable and so like there's just this like core of sweetness in him that makes you really want to root for him and it's just this like tiny little miracle of a show and i really do love it and I'm I'm hoping like comedy is tough to stay at a certain level of quality for over a long stretch. So like I'm, 
you know, it probably won't stay this great forever, but like as long as it lasts, I'm going to be totally with it because uh, it's really super and everybody should watch it. So I also appreciate um, the way they, sorry, I just wanted to add no, to, to what go you ahead. said. I love the way yeah. that they write themselves into corners plot wise. Yes, then constantly, to like, constantly. Yeah. To complicate, complicate their lives. It's like the exact opposite of what everyone complained about with Entourage, a, a superficially similar show <laughs> in very few ways. But right. like, like Silicon Valley is not scared to really throw up roadblocks for its characters and then have to come up with novel ways to get them out of shit, which I, I like. It makes it the it's well, funny and it, it's also uh, interestingly complex. It's funny, but this season there are some parallels to real world events that have happened to me personally at big corporations <laughs> and people making promises <laughs> about your roles and then things happening and then blah 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 that is like oh boy i know that feeling Ugh, it was like a twist of the knife and, <laughs> but it's really funny but and it's and it's really really true yep. yeah and steven steven tabalowski's on this season so it's yeah. like even better yeah yeah i just want to throw out there that um Every time I watch it, I've I've fallen in love with the Jared character. Oh all my over god, again. he's the he best. Is literally, Woods. oh my god, he is literally maybe the best character on television. I and, agree. I agree. And his name isn't even Jared; it's Donald. I know. And that's that's the best part is that they still call him Jared, and he still lets them. And like, I love him so much that I literally I saw him in the lobby at a movie theater and I could not stop myself from going up and being like, I love you on Silicon Valley. He's <laughs> and it's like, just, it's that like salty and sweet thing too. Where like most of the characters in that group are so like always dicks to each other. And he's so optimistic and sort of like really believes in them as a team. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's genius. He's the best. So uh, for my plugs, Decider.com, go over there, check it out. I write for them every day. They pay me and everything. It's really quite something. Um, also, if you want to sort of see me, uh, my thoughts on movies in snippet Tumblr form, and who wouldn't really? Um, I've done this really dumb thing and, and said that I was going to watch 366 movies over the course of 2016 because it's a leap year, so there's an extra day. I'm probably not going to hit that number, but you can watch me flail and try. Um, if you go to 366movies.tumblr.com, all uh, written out words, no numbers for this guy. Um, I'm at like 56. I'm two months behind. It's going to be a shit show, but like, um, I do watch, I watch Just more watch movies than most movies people. Just watch 20 movies in December. And- <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. It'll be great. Yeah, my holidays are going to be wonderful. Um, it's it's very sort of it's low stakes because like they're not going to throw me in jail if I don't get it so mm-hmm. it's totally fine. Um, That's what you think. Well, oh, aren't they? <laughs> um, but it's Tumblr jail. It lets me sort of talk about the kinds also of movies. Also known as Tumblr. <laughs> yes, exactly. It lets me sort of talk about the kinds of movies that like aren't you know maybe not interesting enough or like i don't have a full enough like thing to get a whole article about but like i saw the fly for the first time Mm -hmm. last week and like that was super weird so i don't know 366movies.tumblr.com check it out sarah d bunting hello um i'm here to talk about project runway all-stars wtf (laughs) um Here's the weird thing about this show. I like it better than um, Project Runway Mothership at this point because it seems like they're a little more in touch with like what made the original franchise good. Um, or at least they're a little more in touch with like 
they're a little more open about the compromises that they're making in order to make it TV versus actually like caring about the design. But the most recent results were unacceptable, including to Sam who stayed when Emily went home. And he's like, I don't know why I'm here, but you know, I don't, this is the point at which I was like, I, I can no longer sort of like not believe in this franchise, but, but I don't know. Like there was something really disappointing about it. And it's not like I'm naive about reality TV, but that was just like, really on this show, like it's all stars. Why not just have it be merit based instead of right. drama based? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wish they had just turned to the camera and been like, Sam causes problems. So we're keeping him. Then I would have had more respect for that decision. And I like him more than most people. Well, you would think that if it's an all-star season, like that they're already picking, like they can handpick their best cast anyway. Why not just handpick a cast where you don't have to care what order they go home because they're all good. You know what I mean? Like they're all good TV. Yeah. But they're, I mean, yeah, they're not necessarily like the best designer left is the most like easygoing and mellow and it's not going to cause any problems. Yeah. Like she has great hair, but that's the only yeah. like, TV thing she's doing. Yeah. I'm still so, not over yeah, the fact that know. he's not actually a Project Runway alumnus. <laughs> Sorry. He's from that under the gun horseshit. Like, oh, they do. And like the challenge does that now. It's such horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he um, has agreed to do an interview with us. I hope um, that will still be true. Um, it might be a few <laughs> weeks, but I, I mean, yeah, he um, he feels ways about things. And I think. Yeah. We'll we'll say so, probably to his own detriment, but <laughs> go, go Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, my plug, uh, I was going to plug a show that is returning um, as we record this. It will have returned last night, Monday night. Um, but I actually don't want anyone to watch it or read my coverage so that we can just cancel it off the site because I'm kind of mad that they even renewed it because it's boring. Rise with burn which is what I just did to it. So instead, <laughs> I am going to plug uh, my new-ish podcast, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. The yeah. Mark is Mark Blankenship, frequent guest, and we oh. had our very first guest on the most recent episode. We talked about Mazzy Starr and Joe Reed very nicely joined us yeah, to talk did. about that and many, many modern rock hits of the mid-90s and those little snippety sub-two-minute songs that you had to put on the end of the mixtape to fill it out. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to hear from you about the songs that you used for that. I used Toad the Wet Sprocket because I'm history's greatest monster. <laughs> Tweet at us at Talk Songs about your favorite mixtape. End of side A. Um, tools. All right. I have two ads uh, from the 80s, 90s. I think early 90s. Here we go. Ads about uh, things people want to know. Read about tennis tots, political posters, and the miniseries Shogun, all in the new issue of TV Guide magazine. <laughs> all together, finally, at last. Thanks, TV Guide. Shogun? Shogun? Has Wayne Newton split with his wife and hit the jackpot with his new romance? Inquiring minds want to know. I want to know. Can you lose weight by switching from celery to sweets? This week's National Enquirer tells you. How can you put office troublemakers in their place? What curse of death and disaster haunts the Super Bowl? It's in the Enquirer. What bizarre surprises popped up on Caroline's wacky honeymoon? Find out in the Enquirer. Over 100 features for people with inquiring minds. Like me. Why don't they wow. do these weekly, timely ads like that anymore? That's fantastic. And you have to see the ad because it's so, like, 
early first gen computer effects like the, uh, the the death haunting the Super Bowl thing. There's a, <laughs> the guy opens up the locker. There's a skeleton, and then there's like <laughs> in a football uniform and a helmet, and then the jocks like inquiring minds want to know. It wow. is amazing, and there's got to be more out there. So I'm gonna see if I can hunt down a few more of those because it is fantastic. Uh, for my plug, I just want to give an update on the Derby names from yes. last week. Thank you oh, yeah. so oh, much yeah. for all your suggestions. There are some great ones. Um, I got it down into two camps. So basically, I had photo suggestions, photographer suggestions, and I have Canada suggestions. So uh, the candidates are Cannonball with one N, as I mentioned before, Photo Finisher, mm-hmm. Shutter Down, <laughs> F Stomp, mm-hmm. and Slay Cheese for <laughs> the photographer ones. <laughs> so, I like that Canadian one. ones are Canada Whoop Ass, which is pretty good. <laughs> And Maple Grief, which I liked a lot. <laughs> I love that. These ones are not in consideration because I don't want to use a first name that's not mine. I think that's confusing. But I will say these are great names. If you're out there, you're Canadian Derby. Uh, if your name's John, John Griefenbaker. It's a good one. <laughs> your name's Don, Donald Smotherland. Yeah. <laughs> Lester P. Fearson. Yeah. And my absolute favorite, Murdechai Stitchler. <laughs> Oh, that is wow. fantastic. So um, if you have any more suggestions, uh, throw them in the comments. Um, but I think I will have made a decision by next week's podcast. Um, and another small plug. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you can uh, read along as I go through the A-team trading cards <laughs> roughly one day at a time or so. Recent uh, past guest of this podcast, Danny McKecker, and uh, gifted Dave with these when he visited Fort Awesome, Hawaii, yeah. which you also can. And they are amazing awesome, because though. it basically they just took a whole bunch of photos, both... Uh, stills from the show and just like press photos they took and some poor soul had to make up a story an original story <laughs> to go through all these cards and the story is so tortured and so poorly written it is amazing so every day i photo the front and the back i put them together and i slap them up on instagram and facebook so follow me there i'm at glark on either one of those services <laughs> All right, everybody, it is time for the canon. Today's canon submission has been sitting in the hopper, get this, for two goddamn years. <laughs> God damn years. It is from the very patient Angie, who earns herself an extra credit, redeemable for an extra hot, great mini topic of her choosing. Okay, Angie, take it away. Hey, Sarah, Tara, Dave, and valued guest. That's how long ago it was. Joe gets no mention. (laughs) God damn it. My name is Angie, (laughs) and I'm submitting 30 Rock Season 4, Episode 10, Black Light Attack for the EHG Canon. In the A plot, Jack is thrilled that Danny will be able to be the male companion he's been longing for. Danny confides that he is having a secret office romance. Jack tells Liz that Danny is famous and will therefore have people wanting to sleep with him, which Liz is cool with as long as Danny's discreet. Jack and Danny discuss Danny's new love interest at a basketball game. A series of his comments about his girl's reluctance to show... AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. 
Sundance now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! Her feet and her weird underwear convince Jack that Danny's talking about Liz. All right, so we're getting into it, and she takes off her glasses. Real sexy. Nice. But she never takes off her shoes, which I kind of like. Even though the reason is she's never let a man see her feet. What? And she's kind of a tease. Mostly we just kiss, and then she makes me go down to the deli to get her a sandwich. So we haven't gone too far. But under that dress, I can tell she's wearing some weird underwear. I want to see it. They're called Spanx. Jack confirms this by springing a black light attack on Liz, and that robot paint really doesn't wash off. He tells her to break it off with Danny before it causes problems for TGS. Liz agrees, but changes her mind when she sees Danny in a Chips costume. The rest of this plotline involves Jack and Liz vying for Danny's attentions and affections. Tracy and Jenna have equally good B-plots in this episode. Tracy has just realized that all women, even strippers, are somebody's daughter. He decides to add Sue LaRoche Vanderhout to the entourage in order to learn how to relate to women better. This involves canceling their usual strip club trip in order to do something Sue wants to do. Not that Tracy can understand what that is. I like to go to Tasty Delight. I said we're not going to a strip club. Pinkberry? Why don't you understand? I don't want to take you to a strip club. Tracy also notices he's becoming more sensitive about Sue because he's thinking of her like a daughter. Soon, Sue decides to ditch a game night with Tracy and Kenneth in favor of a date with a sketchy guy named Doug. And over in Jenna's plotline, she's been offered an audition for the show Gossip Girl. Jenna, of course, assumes she's auditioning for the role of the college girl and not her mother, leading Liz and Pete to hope they'll be dead by the time she figures out she's wrong. (laughs) At the audition, Jenna figures out she's supposed to be the mother and predictably loses her mind. Mother, is there something I don't... Jenna, you're reading the wrong lines. What do you mean? I'm not playing the mu... (laughs) (laughs) Back at 30 Rock, Liz tries to convince Jenna to embrace her aging gracefully like Meryl Streep and not go down the terrifying, golem-armed path of Madonna. Of course, Jenna takes the opposite message of this and spends most of the rest of the episode trying to convince everyone around her that she's a 20-something. 
Jenna's plotline comes to a head while she's taping her face and singing Forever Young in her dressing room. Liz convinces Jenna to act her own age by promising to bring her friend Tom Selleck to work if Jenna will do it. Oh. My. God. I'd like you all to meet Tom. Tom Selleck. He's my mustache. Jenna agrees and goes on to die as an ancient 41-year-old woman on Gossip Girl. The Jack and Liz plotlines come to head around the same time as the Tracy plotline does. In a last-ditch bid to keep Danny, Jack tells Danny that he's been in love with Liz Lemon for some time. He has a bit of a hard time selling this when Liz appears with her lush mustache, but Danny agrees to break it off. I ache for her sexually. How could I not? I'm entranced by those mud-colored eyes set back in that skin and her laugh. Her walk, that splay-footed walk and that whole situation right there. Sue returns from her date with Doug looking kind of rough. Tracy tells her their argument was unimportant and then gives her back to Liz Lemon, saying that he thought a nice man would come along for her, but not so soon. Kenneth assures Tracy he'll be a good dad to a daughter, and Liz busts Jack balls for lying about being in love with her. This episode of 30 Rock uses all the main players to their best effects. It also gives screen time to one of my favorite side characters, Sue. The three plot lines tie together neatly, but not in a way that feels forced to me. I also think it's a hilarious episode of television, and I hope you'll vote it into the canon. Thanks. Thanks, Angie. Um, this episode for me is always the one with Lutz at the <laughs> dancing in his yes. bra, which he needs to support his breasts. Um, <laughs> not what you think. <laughs> I always forget uh, the rest of it. Um, so it was nice to uh, be able to rewatch it. Um, I will say also that this particular week, you have a high barrier to entry that gets us into the canon because we have five people voting. Uh, no, six people voting and you need uh, a majority. So uh, have fun. Okay, so um, <laughs> here are my takeaways. I love Pete. He's my absolute favorite 30 Rock character and this is a great episode from him. The way he gives up on life at a you know <laughs> at a moment's notice, how everything, you know, the weight of the world is always on him, never fails to amuse me. And uh he has some great lines in this one. Um the dynamic I find between Danny and Jack is a little weird. Like when you compare it, I think it's supposed to be at the start on the level of Jack and Floyd. But I don't think it compares. Yeah. You know, like I don't think they have the same chemistry and it doesn't quite hit right to me. Um, the other knock against this episode for me is I find the Tracy and Sue storyline a little pat and a little sort of uh, A to B to C, see where it's going. And um, they have hit on the whole, you know, every stripper is somebody's daughter thing on this show a lot. And uh, so I feel like this was another one of those. Not that that's a bad message, but, you know, <laughs> been there, done that. Uh, so for me, I laughed a lot, but I don't think this is up there with the best of 30 Rocks episodes. Tar. Uh, I concur with Dave. Pete is great. Um, 
she when <laughs> there uh, he and Liz are discussing whether they need to deal with Jenna's situation and Liz says we might be dead by then Pete the way Scott adds it reads that line oh, that'd be nice like you really feel that he feels <laughs> yeah. that way and later when he um oh did we get canceled <laughs> <laughs> and when he comes up behind Jenna as she's freaking out that she got cast as a mother and then we just see him in the background like turn around and run away <laughs> yeah <laughs> like one of yeah. the, ba- the best Pete moments of the series um I also think the Jenna stuff is like there's exactly the right amount of it and uh when we finally get to see her go- gossip girl slash Blade Runner speech about all the wonders that she's seen as a 41 year old dying of old age is pretty good um, but I agree with, uh, oh, and I also like any reference to, um, t- especially a subtle one to how old Kenneth is, because he's like the Melisandre <laughs> of 30 Rock. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. very maybe, timely. Maybe 100, maybe immortal, but he's also very bothered by the uh, the app that only people over 40 can hear. <laughs> um, but I agree with Dave that like, 30 Rock is such a good show that um, it really takes a, a high, high uh a, a very special show to for me to vote it into the canon and um this one is good uh but the i always hated when they had to come around to the episode every season where it was like the fake tease that maybe liz and jack were ever gonna hook up like no one thought that including the show but it mm-hmm. felt like once a right. season they had to throw something in it was like maybe like no one really buys that um and the whole thing of like Liz being horny is like not typical of the show in fact it's the opposite of how she normally is so that stuff was like it was cute but eh I don't know um so A plus for Pete for the rest like solid B minus which is still a very good episode but like not the best for 30 Rock for me Joe uh yeah I feel like (laughs) similar to how Dave felt was not feeling the chemistry between Jack and Danny, I was feeling that with Liz and Danny. That just sort of yeah, never quite same. never quite lands, never quite sits. And it's funny because like her chemistry with what was the uh, uh gay for Jamie, the first season episode where she's dating the younger guy, the one who uh who Frank ends up falling in love with, strangely. <laughs> yeah. That works in a way that this episode I don't think does on that level. I feel like there are little parts of this episode that i really like i like uh the way sue sort of screeches i'll never be like you (laughs) um in that sort of like varsity blues way that i like and real mrs uh, i mean dave hit it like what's that i said that's the real mrs lutz that's john lutz's wife in real life oh no kidding well they both have very good moments because dave was right lutz dancing at the end is the clear highlight of this (laughs) um and i also like liz sort of like taunting jack at the end i get what you're saying tara about like it was annoying that they had to feel like they had to address the fact that they were never going to sam and diane them and it's just like we believed you the first few hundred times um but liz sort of taunting jack being like it started out (laughs) it started fake but now it's become real like that made me laugh but the whole episode didn't really work for me. The Jenna stuff was my favorite stuff, and which is good, except that's not the sign of a good 30 Rock episode for me. <laughs> like, the best 30 Rocks episodes, I like everything else so much more than Jenna. So, like, when I end up liking the Jenna stuff the best, uh, that's not super great. Although the part where she's she pretends like she can hear the uh, the tone for only young people, and then she just goes like, yeah, I don't know, Facebook, what? And it's, <laughs> uh, that was good. 
Um, I didn't love the sort of aggressively anti-Madonna stuff in that one scene where it just felt like we were getting like Tina Fey's diary entry about how much she hates Madonna. And it's just like, we get it. Like you find her creepy. Um, don't, f- don't give Madonna fans an excuse to feel persecuted cause they will. <laughs> um, it just never quite holds together for me. There are a billion 30 rock episodes I like better than this one. So it's not, not quite my jam. Who's next? Sarah. Oh, who is next? Sarah, why don't you go next? Um, yeah, d- pretty much. I don't, I was on a regular watcher of the show. This, I feel like a show as well regarded as this, this should have been funnier. Um, everything except um, Jack felt pretty strained to me. There were some good bits in there and it sort of like gathered steam. So by the end, I was sort of like, no, oh, maybe, but it was just good for me and not great um i i confused cheyenne jackson with uh what's his nuts westwick from actual gossip oh and westwick. <laughs> so once i f- figured out that that was not who it was then there was like a whole layer of a visual joke that was not <laughs> right because i am dumb so that was sort of like oh i mean he was he was fine yeah like there were some good jokes i laughed at some things but like oh woman's mustache like i don't that just seemed like they thought it was way funnier than it actually was. The Tracy subplot, I got, I felt nothing. Yeah. Um, I did not not enjoy it, but this is a no for me. Nick. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much going to echo what you guys have all said. Uh, 30 Rock is just such a fantastic show, and there are, yeah, I, there might be a billion episodes that I like better than this one. It has some good moments. Uh, I like the uh, the whole montage of Jack trying to take people to the baseball game, and uh, especially two for making the, the very <laughs> yes, valid point very about valid. The, about why does anyone go after the the, the what's it called the if, quaffle? If you can quaffle. get the golden stitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially because I've been I've just been rereading Harry Potter, and it's like yeah, the golden stitch is the only thing that matters. Like the rest of the game is meaningless. <laughs> Um, we all thought in, it. But I would say, like, a canon-worthy 30 Rock episode is one where there are, like, 10 <coughs> unforgettable jokes before the opening credits. And this one, I felt like, maybe had, like, five in the entire episode. Uh, and the, the plot lines just felt very, like, archetypal to me. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, something to do with Tracy feeling guilt and something to do with Jenna trying to stop raging and, you know, tweaking Liz's romantic stuff a little bit. And I don't know, it didn't feel like it really, like, you know, added anything to any of those kind of typical uh, typical plot lines. And, yeah, I totally agree about the, like, Liz being horny being, like, non-canonical because the, one of the best lines they ever had was when she's with Dennis and Jenna's like, how's the sex? And she's like, fast and only on Saturdays. <laughs> that was one of the best <laughs> like, lines they ever did for her. And, like, this totally, like, contradicts that. But, uh, so, yeah, I'd say it's 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 fine, but uh, but probably doesn't clear the bar for me. All right, take it off home, Jeff. Well, I have a whole lot of things to say that no one has talked about. No, um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think we're all sort of keyed in to sort of what's what's essentially true about this episode. I mean, when I read, like, I had no memory of this episode, and even after I read like the synopsis of it, I was like, "Wow, I I, I don't remember it." And then once I started watching it, I some of it came back, and it actually was. I thought it was funnier than I was like reading the synopsis. I was like, that doesn't sound like a very funny episode. Um, but the synopsis, uh, but then watching it, there was, I mean, the Lutz stuff, like everybody's talked about Pete 
it is just genius in this episode. Um, it does have one of my favorite um, things ever said, which is like um, uh, when Jenna talks about attending the Royal Tampa Academy of Dramatic Tricks. Yeah. It's like, which is like, it's like a name of something that gets funnier with every word she says. Yep. Like, like every word Royal and then Tampa and then a cat. Like it just like and ending on tricks. It's just like it's probably the best written name of something that I've ever heard. Yep. Um, you know, just tiny things like Jack, like Liz asks Jack, like, how drunk are you? And he says, a lot to vary. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then like when he's describing how he doesn't like really connect with the other so-called men on the show and he talks about their boneless faces. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that um, down I mean, there's too. That's just, good. You know, and, and then there's a real there's something that really stood out to me that was like there was a joke that was based around Nicholas Sarkozy, and I was like, <laughs> who is who is that again? <laughs> like it was so weird. Like it totally it took me out of it completely. But um, yeah, I mean, I think my my basic thing about this is I as much as I want to like the Sue character, like I just I just don't care about Sue. I would watch an entire episode about Lutz. Like yes. I mean, oh, totally. Lutz is amazing. But Sue just is kind of like, there's no there there for me. So, like, it was a funny episode. Like, for me, it was kind of like, oh, it's a solid, like, B, maybe a B minus. But, like, there are there are definitely episodes, like like Nick said, like, where, you know, like, before you even get to the credits, it's like, I feel like I've already watched, like, the funniest show I've ever seen. So, it's just, the the bar is so high with 30 Rock. The, the great episodes are so, so very great. So, like, um, you know... So I'm I'm glad I don't have to be the deciding <laughs> the deciding vote with six yeah, of us. Yeah, I would have felt like terrible it. after two two plus years to be like the one who was like, sorry. <laughs> All right, yeah. so let's put it to a vote. I say nay, Tara. Nay, but thank you for the submission, Angie, and thank you above all for your patience. I hope you are still listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen her on the forum, so she Okay, good. Phew. Um Joe. Yeah, it's a no for me as well. Sarah. Excellent presentation, but it is a no for me. Nick? No, but I always love an excuse to watch 30 Rock. <laughs> and Jeff? Yeah. Uh, uh, again, the presentation, very concise and awesome. And it's it was a great excuse to watch an episode of 30 Rock, but sorry, it's a no for me too. Well, that means <laughs> 30 Rock. Season 4, Episode 10, Black Light Attack. <laughs> You are not inducted into the extra hot great canon. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the rare O for six. Oh, Jesus. Americans love a winner. Yeah. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope. And just one thing about the O for six. It, it, it sort of like makes it sound like it was this totally shit show of an episode. But no, it's just, it's just it's no, not at all. No, the quality so good. of yes. the rest of the show. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yes. It is time for winner and loser of the week. Nick, who's our winner? Okay, our winner is Carrie Ann Moss, Sam Palladio, and anyone who has seen Sam Palladio on the many shows where he does a fake American accent and you would like to see what his real British accent sounds like, uh, which is a long way of saying that both of those people have been cast in season two of Humans. Heard of them. Heard of them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, it says uh, Carrie Ann Moss will play Dr. Athena Morrow, a preeminent AI expert who is driven by her own motives to create a new kind of machine consciousness. Um, and Sam Palladio, this sounds like this will be uh, in his wheelhouse, is playing a struggling cafe owner. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> awesome. uh, so I don't even, 
who knows what he'll have to, to do with the plot. But uh, in any case, I, I'm very excited for, for Human Season 2. And uh, it says it will, we'll have to wait a little bit for it. It won't come back to the U.S. until 2017. But if you're willing to fly to England, you can see it in late 2016. Nice. <laughs> Oh, poor Kelly Rippa. So um, Michael oh. Strahan quit live with Michael and Kelly last week. And oh, God. the next day she did not show up for work. Um, and this sparked a whole like cycle like of issues. Yeah. Of like, you know, some very gendered uh, coverage of like, is she a diva? And then, you know, the backlash, the backlash of like, anyway, it's it's just none of it is good for her. And from what it sounds like, he like quit and no one told her like she read about it in the paper or something, which is shitty. What is up with that show? How is it even a show still? But anyway, um, so look out for who uh, is going to replace Michael Strahan and um, some probably very shameless campaigning by Pat Kiernan, who I love. But seriously, wait for them to call yeah. you, dude. Truth. Speaking about yeah. uh, shameless campaigning, oh. uh, brings up an interesting question. <laughs> and that is this. Do you know what time it is? Mm, is it crime time? <laughs> Close. It's not crime time. It's game time. <laughs> time. The Chronos. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is the eighth game time of the season. Tara won last week. Do or die game time, keeping Joe from winning the season. But Earth. Joe still has four points. Tara only has three, so Joe is still in the driver's seat. Today we are playing TV Typos from Rob Hartman, who ah! earns himself an extra credit. Happy birthday last week, Rob Hartman. Redeemable for an extra hot, great mini topic of his choosing. Now we just played a Rob Hartman game two weeks ago, but in honor of him sending this to us on his birthday last week, wow. we're going to move wow. to the top of the queue with our thanks. This guy. All right. So Rob asks, who has time to proofread TV listings? No one. That's who. In TV typos, players must guess the name of a typoed TV show where one letter of the show's title has been changed. Here's an example. Kate Walsh tries to make a pan of chocolate candy, but it just tastes terrible. Bad fudge? Bad fudge. Bad fudge. Oh, I see. I see. Solid. Okay. So we have 55 questions. Everybody's going to get 11 questions today. Okay. We'll throw it to Picky to see who's going first. We will start with valued guest. All right. That means it is Jeff, then Nick, Sarah, Tara, Joe. Are we ready to play TV typos? Sure. Yes. 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 Jim Parsons yes. has a hypothesis about his one enormous tooth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a big fang theory. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Nick, I love it already. Yeah. Julia Louis Dreyfus is a stale marshmallow chick. I knew it. <laughs> uh, peep. Sarah, Shannon Doherty and Alyssa Milano are burnt to a crisp. <laughs> Ch- charred. <laughs> Tara. Yeah. A sub zero <laughs> is discovered between El Paso and Juarez. 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 Thank you. Juarez. The fridge. The fridge. Thank you. Uh, I don't oh, know how to Rob pronounce Hartman. his name. Tom Colicho? Colicchio? Colicchio. Colicchio. 
wants to find the best cooking police officer. <laughs> Cop chef. <laughs> Jeff. Claire Danes yes. plays an angsty teen who lives in a broken down British elevator. <laughs> uh, my so-called lift. My so-called lift. <laughs> Correct. Nice. Nick. Ted Allen needs some Vaseline for his dry, dry lips. Uh, chapped. <laughs> wow. To Sarah. Celebrities have their boils pierced and drained. Celebrities have their boils pierced oh. and, and drained. drained. Uh, oh, God. Lancing with the stars? Yes! Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Good pull. Gross. <laughs> right. oh, yeah. no. Bill Paxton goes nuts at the Kate Spade store. Bill Paxton? <laughs> Bill Paxton. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm not sure. I'm going to change this clue a little bit. Okay. okay. Bill Paxton goes nuts at the. Uh, coach store. Bag love? Okay. This case spades like stationary stuff too, right? Well, they have everything, but yes. Okay. Joe, Brian Cranston leaves his high school teaching job to become a shepherd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Breaking Bad? (laughs) The bravo. That was very well done. Thank you. (laughs) Craig T. Nelson blows into a large seashell. (laughs) God. God. Jeff? Oh, it's me. I'm sorry. I was laughing. Uh, Conch. (laughs) All right. To Nick. After writing Cosmos... Mr. Sagan moves to London's East End where he rides bicycles and delivers babies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Carl the Midwife. <laughs> Carl the Midwife. Good one. That's amazing. Oh my God. Tara. Yeah. No, Sarah. I mean, sorry, no. Sarah. Yep. For Sarah D. Bunting, droids bake angel food, red velvet, and German chocolate. <laughs> Cake bots? Cake bots? <laughs> Tar, yes. Now it's your turn. Yes, it is. Uh, Dana Delaney wonders why she bought this cold, hard porcelain love seat. China bench. All right, bring us into our first score break for Joe. Edie Falco is a Viking. (laughs) Norse Jackie. (laughs) All right, right. I know the scores, so I'm just going to say it. The scores currently are five, no, uh, three piece uh, three points piece right correct yes, everybody. yes no wrong answers yet i'm impressed and disgusted by all of us and that includes you <laughs> yes okay, all right the what the fuck here three we go to three to three to three to three jeff yes an entire town is trapped 
Uh, <laughs> an entire town is trapped beneath Judy Dench. <laughs> uh. Oh, uh. oh. All right, for Jeff, an entire town is trapped beneath Judy Dench. <laughs> Uh, oh, under the dame. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 17. Wow. Spread eagle. Four next. Spread eagle. Spread eagle. Heather Locklear buys some china. Oh. Heather um. Locklear buys some china. All I can think of is Melrose Vase, which would only work if it was a... Oh. Uh, wait, 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 I want to use my... Oh, okay. Ah. Dave, yep. Can I use my steel mail? Do you it. can use your steel mail. Is it Melrose Plate? Melrose oh, Plate. Nice. Oh, He's stolen. All right, to Sarah. In Storybrooke, Maine, there lived a silent little man named Marcel Marceau. <laughs> Oh, oh no. who has the same birthday as I do? That's Once Upon a Mime. <laughs> you are correct. Number 19 for Tara. Mm-hmm. It's a basement where everything is shades of eggshell, ivory, and bone. Uh, White Cellar? White Cellar. Correct. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. All right, back to Joe. Drew yes. Carey hosts a show about that asshole friend, asshole friend who, damn it, actually has a point. <laughs> Drew that Carey, asshole friend. Yeah, Drew Carey hosts yeah. a show about that asshole friend who, damn it, actually has a point. Um... <laughs> Asshole friend. Um, <laughs> the, Anybody? The Bryce is right? I don't know. The prick is right. The prick is right. The prick is right. Jesus. All right. To Jeff. <laughs> Leah Michelle is slowly submerged in a vat of library paste. <laughs> Glue. <laughs> 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 James Spader wrote down what he was supposed to pick up at the store, but somebody <laughs> erased it. Uh, oh, the blank list. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> For Sarah, Alex Trebek morphs into a spotted jungle cat. Oh, Leopardy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Tara Jeffrey Donovan (laughs) helpfully lets you know when he's about to belch burp notice (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh would watch a hundred times (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) alright Joe it's a house full of obnoxious strangers and a hog (laughs) pig brother pig brother (laughs) or Jeff uh, Lena Dunham morphs into a carp and breathes underwater. Um, oh, gills. Gills. <laughs> For Nick, Lily Tomlin is best friends with Jane Fonda, who plays a pre-raisin. Raisins, the official fruit of extra hot grape. <laughs> oh, that would be grape and Frankie. 
Back to Sarah. Juliana Margulies personally tests different brands <laughs> of toilet paper. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh, no. The good wipe. The good wipe. <laughs> oh, that shit ain't right. <laughs> All right, Tara. Oh, yes. Meredith Baxter Brinney. Bernie. Bernie? Yeah. Bernie. And Michael Gross take all their little piggies to market. Family toes. Family toes. Right. Oh, Bring us nice. into a second score break for Joe. Lou Ferrigno yes. is pouty. I mean really pouty. <laughs> um, oh my god. Oh, the incredible sulk. <laughs> <laughs> the Incredible Salt is correct. All right. That was question 30 of 55. Let's hear the scores. Tiny movement this time. Uh, Nick has five. The rest of us are tied with six apiece. All right. Good game and anybody's game so far. Back to Jeff. Michael C. Yes. Hall. Michael C. Hall can't stop mes- messaging on his phone for one goddamn minute. Texter. <laughs> for Nick. Rachel Bloom. Is a large beast of burden who sings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, okay, I got, I got, I got this. Uh... While you're thinking, I'll read the clue again. Rachel Bloom is a large beast of burden who sings. She has heavy boobs. It's kind of rude to call her a large piece. <laughs> All right, we're gonna call. Uh, no, there's no steel mills left, right? I don't have to worry about that anymore. So. No. Nobody has steel no. mills, correct? I, I, nope. no. Okay. I know it. All right, let us know what it is, Jeff. It is my crazy ox girlfriend. Crazy oh! ox girlfriend. Of course, ox. <laughs> All right, Sarah. I kept trying to get mule into it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan tootle away in a jazz band. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, ma- Masters of Sex? <laughs> Masters of Sex, correct. Tara, oh, housewife Lisa deciphers ancient Viking scrolls. Vanderpump Runes? Vanderpump Runes. <laughs> wow. wow. Very nice. Yes. All right, for Joe, Linda Carter plays yeah. a lady out west who lives over that away. <laughs> <laughs> Yonder woman. Yonder woman. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Dylan yeah. McDermott and Tony Collette make fart faces while they try to figure out how many stamps go on this damn package they're trying to mail. Oh, oh Jesus. It's uh, terrible. Oh, shit. Read that again. Dylan McDermott oh, and Tony God. Collette make fart faces while they try to figure out how many stamps go on this damn package they're trying to mail. Oh, uh, the United. Uh, hold on. I think there are two possible answers to this. Actually, well, we'll hear, mm-hmm. we'll hear, we'll hear arguments if he gives a different answer. Wow, uh, I, I can't think of one where it's just one letter off. Anybody? Postages. Um, I believe you were going for postages. Yep. Yeah, but you could make an argument uh, with just Tony Collette for the United States of Tear. 
T A R E. Sure. Oh, nice I said Dylan McDermott isn't right. that. So. Uh, yeah, Dylan, so Dylan McDermott kind of fucks that up, yeah. but yeah. Also, no one watched postages except for me. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now you know, Rob enjoyed your coverage <laughs> <laughs> on previously.tv. <laughs> Back to Nick. Steven Weber and Tim Daly get all flirty, or maybe they just have something in their eye. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, Stephen Weber and <laughs> Tim Daly get all flirty, or maybe they just have something in their eye. Well, the dirty answer would be wangs, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess that's not what we're going for. Uh, oh, winks. Winks. Correct. To Sarah. You guys, Phil Cohegan, Cohagan, just oh, had something. Hogan. Hmm? You guys, Phil Kogan. Oh, Phil Kogan? Yes. Just had some incredible long grain bismati. <laughs> oh, the amazing race. <laughs> Tatara. Yes. I lost my place. Tatara. Yes. William H. Macy is a formless blob. <laughs> Shapeless. Nice <laughs> <laughs> joke. <laughs> Oh. It's an enclosure full of shrewd investors <laughs> suffering from explosive intestinal distress. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Wait. Sh- oh, shark yes. tank? <laughs> Jesus. Watch. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, oh that one gets an award. Yeah, that one gets All right, an award. Jeff. Politic, uh, politician Kevin Spacey retires to Wisconsin, where he opens a cheese restaurant. <laughs> uh, wait, say it again. Uh, politician Kevin Spacey retires to Wisconsin, where he opens a cheese restaurant. Ah. Uh... House of Curds. Yes. To Nick. Fred Savage remembers his childhood in a family of friendly grizzlies. (laughs) The Wonder Bears. (laughs) For Sarah. Uh, Kirsten Ritter does stand up. Oh. Uh huh. Kristen Ritter does. Oh, Jesus. I was like, don't trust the J. No, it's uh, Jessica (laughs) Jokes. Jessica Jokes. Ah. Tara. Lisa Kudrow stockpiles frozen sperm. Oh. Oh. Wait a minute. (laughs) Okay, this one could get real wrong real quick. Wait a minute. Lisa Kudrow stockpiles frozen sperm. <sighs> the cum bank. God. Oh, oh, no. No. Oh, oh, this, is wow. this is the end of dog racing. Yeah, call <laughs> the police, sir. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, All right. Oh, uh, taking us into our third score break. Question 45 uh, for Joe. <laughs> Secret agent Bruce Bach's Leitner. 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 Yep. Teams up with an enormous lady gorilla. <laughs> this one goes oh. out to a uh, friend of the show, Linda Holmes. <laughs> Wait, Scarecrow and Mrs. Kong? <laughs> you are correct. Oh. 
Fuck. Let's hear the scores. <laughs> okay, Nick has seven. Jeff has eight. Sarah and Joe and I each have nine. All right. Everybody Oof. has two questions left. Okay. Starting right. with Jeff. Ooh. Kim, yes. Courtney, and uh, somebody else. Chloe. Chloe. Thank you. Wrap themselves head to toe in seaweed. All right. Oh, Kelping up with the Kardashians. Amazing. Wow. That Amazing. was beautiful. <laughs> I'd like to, I have to give a shout out to my wife for watching that show. Otherwise, <laughs> nice. maybe it wouldn't be top of mind. Or Nick. <clears throat> Meredith must conduct an autopsy on the oldest Brady son and catalog his <laughs> internal organs. Oh, wow. <laughs> Greg's anatomy. <laughs> to Sarah. Maggie and Emma have a little game. Maggie pretends to be an Appaloosa and Emma is a Clydesdale. <laughs> I'm really glad this didn't go in a nitpicking direction. Playing horse. <laughs> Poor Tara. You mean playing glass? No. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Ted Danson opens a bottomless bar for butt admirers. Come on, man. <laughs> Cheeks. That's not so bad. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as bad as it could be, we now Jeff. know. Yeah. He did. I, in, in his defense, yes. for that question, he provided an alternate in case I thought that was too gross for the show. I do not. Uh-huh. We got to keep that explicit tag going, guys. It's how we, yep. keep, it's how we keep the podcast from getting too popular. Explicit <laughs> limited yeah. audience. Uh, to Joe. Swiffer yes. wet jets learn choreographed routines. Ew. Um, Swiffer wet jets learn choreographed routines. Um, wow. Ah, tough one. I feel like it's mop, but I can't fit mop into. Oh, can I? No, not until Joe answers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have it. I don't know. (laughs) All right, Nick. Mop rock? Nope. Oh. Dance mops. Oh. Nice though. I was gonna go dance mops. That's the correct answer. Dance mops. Is oh, that's it. Answer. Dance mops. Oh, dance mops. Damn it. Sarah sure. I was going. You knew it. I was going okay. another way. Last question for Jeff. They're zombies yeah. and they just can't. St- <laughs> They're zombies <laughs> and they just can't stop touching themselves down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ, Hartman. <laughs> Oh, my God, man. Oh, no. I, I'm so proud that I get to be the one to say the next three words. <laughs> the wanking dead. Yes. <laughs> All right. For Nick, uh, Shamar Moore and Joe Montenga are furry creatures who don't want to be made into coats, and they're up to no good. <laughs> Criminal mix. Criminal mix. <laughs> Okay, it is Sarah's go. Sarah, Tom yep. Selleck and Donnie Wahlberg bleach the hair and hold their breath. <laughs> bleach the hair. I'm sorry, can you read it again? Tom Selleck and Donnie Wahlberg bleach their hair and hold their breath. I see. 
Okay. Uh. Uh. Hit. Um. Uh, blue. Oh, it's something with blue bloods, and I don't know which word it's at. And I keep wanting to say blue rids. That's not correct. I don't know. I don't know. Tara. Blue blondes. Blue blondes. Oh, damn it. Yeah. All right, Tara. I believe you can clinch the game with the right answer here. Yep. Ponch and John are getting a little flabby around the jawline. Ponch and John are getting a little flabby around the jawline. Damn it. Calling it. Wow. What? That was an easy one, too. I know it's chins, yeah. but I don't know what the word is. Chins. Chins! <laughs> I forgot the word for chins. That's what it was. Oh, All right. No. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Joe. Yes. Vicky. Uh, Tamra and Gretchen have flippers, blubber, and luxurious brown fur. Wait, one more time? Yeah, Vicky, Tamra, and Gretchen have flippers, blubber, and luxurious brown fur. <laughs> Come on. Flippers, blubber, and luxurious brown fur. <laughs> 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 The real okay, it's the real housewives. The real. Oh, where is this? <laughs> I'm not getting the animal. I'm psychically I, uh, sending it to you too. Uh, Me too. Uh, God. Sorry. All three anyway. of you. We all got each other. The seal housewives. The seal. Oh, the housewives. seal. Ooh, ooh. I was on walrus for oh, whatever dumb candy. reason. <laughs> Vicky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Guys, Sorry, we're going to have to do a score break. I'm thoroughly yeah, confused where we fuck. are. Oh, okay. God. Nick and Joe are now tied with nine each. Jeff and Sarah and I are tied with ten. Well, it just no. so happens that I have a tiebreaker Thank for God. us. Thank God. So I have two. So in case we get a tie on the first one, we can proceed to a second tiebreaker. Okay. So this is just for me, Jeff, and Sarah? Yep. Okay. All right. So. And we guys, just yell it out? Yell it out when you know it. Okay. Okay. As soon as you answer, you're done until the other people answer. Here we go. Captain Steubing has an inappropriate relationship with a headbutting barnyard friend. Love goat. goat. Jeff with the love goat. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, Jeff. <laughs> yes. Value. Yeah. Yes. Nicely done. Hey, do you want to do that uh, other tiebreaker for sure. La Shits Avec Giggles? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in case you didn't hear all over the shouting, the correct answer on the tiebreaker was the love goat. I was like, the love boar? Not correct. There is Bob Hartman <laughs> owning the love boat. Yep. Ilana and Abby make sourdough, ciabatta, and naan. Bread City. Bread City. Bread City. Nice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What an amazing game. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Oh, oh my God. So much yeah. fun. Well, so good. much fun. All right, everybody, that is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. Uh, We did something with Game of Thrones before leaving Westeros. I forgot to fill that part in in my notes. (laughs) 
<laughs> and traveling around the dial with stops at Better Call Saul, Happy Valley, Houdini and Doyle, Silicon Valley, Project Runway All-Stars, and a couple more ads of the 80s or maybe 90s. Angie surprised us all with a two-year-old black light attack for the cannon, but was defeated on the battlefield. We crowned winners and losers of the week and playing for value guests, Jeff was the winner of this week's game time. Drake! Remember! <laughs> We're listening. I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariano, Shame! Sarah D. Bunting. <laughs> All right, Joe Shark Tank, I'm sorry. Real Housewives of Walrus County would work. <laughs> Nick Ridewell-Jones. Every crone was someone's daughter. <laughs> and Jeff Drake. <laughs> Oh, get it, Crone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Green. Oh, Pete, that's later. Maybe we'll be dead by then. Oh, that'd be great. This has been a production of the Previously.tv Podcast Network.